as we continue to celebrate this particular month, the Black History Month. That, that speech was brought forth by Dr. Martin Luther King, August um, 28, 1963. Great speech, still resonates today. But there's been a lot of progress from then till now. And God is still working, amen. amen. And I'm trusting God that we, the body of Christ, will continue to be the, at the forefront, forefront of equality, justice. Amen. Don't be the one who's always ca- carrying a placard to segregate. We will be the one that carries the placard to unite. That's who we are. The same color of blood runs through our veins, whether you're white, brown, or black, same color. Some of us who've been in the operating room operating on patients, I can tell you, same color. And and when you need help, you don't care who the, who the person is. You just need help. So I trust God. God is still walking in this great nation. He's perfecting our union, the United States of America. Amen. But that was a great speech, wasn't it? Yes. And it's going to kind of take me to where we're going this morning. Last week we spoke about Vision's next steps. Vision's next steps. Well, today I'm still going to speak about Vision's next steps, but we're going to be focusing on zeal, zeal, Z-E-A-L, Vision's next steps, zeal. So last week we spoke about the fact that, you know, you need to articulate whatever it is that the Lord has put in your heart. Things don't start to happen until you speak it forth. It has to be spoken out so that it can happen. We spoke about the fact that when the earth was without form and void in Genesis 1, the Spirit of God was upon the waters. We spoke about the fact that he was fluttering, just waiting for something to happen. He wanted to do stuff, but he couldn't do it until there was a word given. And the Bible says, God the Father said, light be. And then there was light. And the minute you speak, things start to happen. Whether you believe it or not, your words are very powerful. Where we want to focus today will be on what I call zeal. And I will explain what zeal is eventually when we get there. But all these dreams, all these things we're talking about, like Dr. Martin Luther King's dream, it could have been very painful. A lot of things happened in in his time. And if you're a student of history, you would know that a lot of things happened. And if you're old enough, you were actually here when some of those things were happening. Um, So we want to ask ourselves, How do we keep hope alive, regardless of what it is we see? How do you just keep that burning touch in your heart and just keep walking until you see it? That's what we'll be talking about today on Zill. Whatever it is, Zechariah 4, 6 says, it is not by power. It is not by might. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. I want us to put it up there because I'm going to do a little Hebrew teaching today. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might. Nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. Many times we sing it in a song. There are many songs I know that started with this verse. Many, many songs. But it's not just a song. It is something the Lord is telling us. That no matter what it is you want to do as a child of God, he would like to partner with you to help you get it done. And he's saying It's not going to be by might and it's not going to be by power. So that word in the Hebrew that is might, it actually means it's not by your forces, your riches, your power, your strength, your substance for you that you'll be able to get it done. So immediately I stopped there when I started reading that it's like, so it's not by my power because this is one of the things that continues to... um, encourage and promote inequality in our land. You feel to yourself, I've heard this all the time. I didn't know it much when we got here because I wasn't born here and, and the earlier part of my adult life wasn't here. So I didn't quite get it. It took our daughter to go to college and come back to start really teaching me for me to really start to get it. But he, she would keep saying over and over, she would say, um, Mom, it's just not like that. Because I used to feel, what's wrong with it? Just move on with it. Get on with it. They did it. They did it. Now you're here. Just let's go. And she say, no, Mom, wealth is generation. I said, I know it's generational. She said, not the way you're talking about it. 
She'll be telling me that, you know, that there's wealth telling me the different races and the different um, capability of generating wealth. Telling me that some people don't even have to work for it. They wake up in the morning, they're 25, 28, they want to buy a house, and their parents put $25,000 down for them as a down payment. Now, think about me, our family moving from Africa here, those things are a little hard for us to um, comprehend and put our minds around it. I know back home, yeah, we had the wealth. My family, pastor's family, we were considered to be maybe in the wealthy class. So, But we didn't put money down. You either inherited your father's house or something, and if you didn't have it, you found a way of making things work. But here, she started to show me that the reason wealth inequality exists is that Some have had wealth for a long time, and they just keep passing it on from generation to generation. While some, they may be the first in their family to go to college. They may be the first in their family to even think of getting a house. Some, they may be the first in their family to get a car. She told me there are some people who have never um, bought a car in their lives. That they, from when they were born till their age, 65, 70, they've always ridden on a bus. And, and we didn't understand it much until when we started to do a lot of, um, maybe outreaches to inner cities. So we would go, we had days, we would go to East Cleveland and different places and we'll take clothes, food, just evangelize and so on. And it started to really, I started to see the difference in the different races and the different um, zip codes. I didn't know the zip code was so powerful. But the zip code is very powerful. It kind of divides people. And um, then we started to go, we'll bus people in, bring them to church and so on. And then I remember there was a, a, a dear woman of God who used to worship in our church. And she used to be a librarian for several years in the Cleveland Public Library system. And because she was in touch with kids, she had kids, she would bring them to church. And they said, they said to us that this particular um, boy or this girl um, has never left the city of Cleveland. They never. They live in the city of Cleveland, and they've never been to Cleveland Heights. And at that time, we had church services in um, in a school in in Cleveland Heights. They had never. Think about it. How many minutes drive is that from the city of Cleveland to Cleveland Heights? There's a reason it's called Cleveland Heights. It's the suburb of Cleveland. These two boys had never ever left Cleveland. I didn't say greater Cleveland. They never left the city of Cleveland. And there were many, and they started to show us, and I'm thinking, okay, what's, there's something wrong with this picture. And you know, because if you can't see beyond where you are, like we were saying last week, you can't aspire for more. Right. So the inequality pass, uh, you know, continues to move from generation to generation. I think, I, like I said, it's changing. Because when Dr. King was speaking in 63, things were not as good as it is today. But we're not there yet. We're still going somewhere. And when you think about it, the Bible says it is not by power, or it's not by might, and not by power. One of the things that used to irritate me before Christine started to explain these different things to me and help me get a context was it's like, okay, so there was slavery. All right. How many years ago did you say that was? Can we move on now? Why are we always carrying this? Slavery, this person did this. But you have to realize I'm coming from a country where there was never slavery. I was never subjugated to another's will. If you were somebody, it's because you wanted to be. And if you didn't want to be, you're not. But it was up to you. But when she started to show me I thought, wait a second, it's going to be hard if I've never seen anything different for me to aspire. So I started to chastise myself. It's like, no, you can't say that, like move on with it. You haven't 
felt the pain, he felt. That's why you can say what you're saying. You have not lived the life. And you've not lived in a zip code where everyone tells you nobody in this zip code ever becomes more than this. Never. I grew up in a family where periodically my parents would bring us into their rooms and just start telling us of the big people in the world. Mahatma Gandhi, my father would tell you all the histories. And then he'll ask you, so what's wrong with you that you cannot be one of those? (laughs) We always came back to you. You are going to be a world shaker. You are going to be a world mover. In the village in Nigeria. So no one ever told me I could not be. So preaching in a country where to us in Africa, it looked like, whoa, they've got everything. Then to get here and find out that they've got everything in zip codes. Some zip codes have it and some didn't. We lived in the United Kingdom for a while and there we also found out that there was something with the area codes. And you would do anything to move your child from this area code to this particular one. Because the education was different, resources were different, libraries were different, schools were different. But it was not as pronounced as here it is like night and day. And so when you think about that, and somebody comes and stands in front of you on Sunday and says, you can be this. God says, it's like, huh? What are you talking about? You don't know where my grandmother lives. You don't know. But I still insist that the word of God is the equalizer. I still insist that you can be anything that God wants you to be if you will follow the word. And God tells you it has nothing to do with your past. It has nothing to do with what you have now. He says it is not by your substance. It is not by your current resources. It's not by your power or your riches or your connections. He says, it's by my spirit. So when we start to talk about these things, I want you to always think supernatural. The edge I have over many of my colleagues who all went to medical school, the edge I have over them is the presence of a Holy Spirit in my life. The edge you have is the Holy Spirit. If you are going to believe that It will be the resources of heaven, not what your parents had. If you are going to believe that there is a God in heaven with whom nothing is impossible. If you are going to believe that, yes, this may be impossible based on my zip code, but with God, all things are possible. If you are going to believe that, then you can be just about anything. That's why we did have a black president. If Martin Luther King in 1963, if he had seen, like really seen a movie of President Barack Obama being sworn in twice, but he had a dream though. He didn't see Barack Obama, but he did see white boys and white And black boys playing together. He did see that there will come a day where a black boy can marry a black girl and they will not be looked upon as there's something wrong with them. It wasn't really happening then, but he did see it. So if you can see it, you can have it. But the resources become the limiter because of this generational wealth transfer. But I'm telling you, it is not a limitation. Because it is not your parents' wealth or their connections that will get you to where God wants to get you. Because if you wait on that, the the arm of flesh will fail. So he tells us it's not by might and it's not by power. He says, but by my spirit, the Holy Spirit. You don't have to pay for the Holy Spirit. The day you gave your life to Christ, He came and he dwells in you. That's what makes you be the best. When we came here, we had no money. We had no food. Many times we'll leave church not knowing what it is, what we were going to eat that day. Many, many, many Sundays we would go. And we would leave from Sunday to Sunday, week to week, based on people's goodwill. We didn't tell them we would never ask you. But if you gave me a bag of rice then, 
We go back home and do serious praying over your life that the Lord will keep. <laughs> bless you, bless you, bless you. Because we had nothing, absolutely nothing. And people were talking of college funds and so on. So, college funds? <laughs> it's the person who doesn't even make an income will be talk, thinking of putting something aside for college funds. Oh, people talking of retirement, you put in this in retirement, retirement. You have to pay your current bills. Like rent. Maybe $500. To you, $500 is like chicken change. To me, 500 I remember, I used to shop in Aldi's every week. And I would go with $20. And I would get there and I put everything in the cart. And I'll tell the cashier, I'll tell her, I said to her, when it gets to $19.50 or $0.80, cent, let me know. Because there are many things I wanted, and I knew the $20 was not going to cover it. And I will go there, and when it gets there, and I've arranged the cart in a good way. So that the most important things are in front, the one that is like next important, and the nice to have at the back. Then she tells me, we're at $19.20. I look in that cart and see, okay, that one can still be 50 cents. We can go in. I'm not talking too long ago, actually. What I'm telling you is not long ago. So, we do that. So, you'll you be telling me college fund? What, what are you talking about? College fund. We had no car. When our son was born, we had this car that we had rented. It smelled like smoke. And we brought that boy from UH, put him in a car seat. Somebody doing the baby shower gave us a car seat. Put him in the, in the car seat with that smoke in. Ooh. But we were grateful. What if we didn't even have that car? We were paying, I think, $20 a week for the car. No, 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 I apologize. $15 a day for the car. So here you're telling me college fund. But we still believe though that our children will go to the best schools in the land. And by the time Christine was going, her school was number one in the world. Her school was number one in the world when she went to college. And we had no college fund. And she left that school debt free. Whose resources? Whose resources? I can tell you it was not ours. So when the Lord says it is not by power and it is not by might, he says it's by my spirit, believe it. If the Lord tells you that this is possible, don't be arguing with him. When he's talking to you and saying this is doable, he's talking to you based on his resources. So he says, according to his riches in glory. So when you want to measure what you are able to do, regardless of what your background is, always think of his resources. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Very important to always have that at the back of your mind. All the things I personally am reaching out for today, that as a ministry we're reaching out for, the things we're doing today has nothing to do with how many people are in our churches. Has nothing to do, we have 10 churches in India by the way. They do not send any remuneration here. We have to send money from here. Hence the ALIC or ALICC 100 club that was started. So you don't go about doing these things based on your resources. It is not by power. It is not by might. It is by my spirit. Two things you must live by is the fact that God is able anytime, anywhere, anyhow. And it is none of your business like we were told during the offering today. The revealed things belong to us and our children. But the things that are not revealed belong to God. Why do you want to know how he's going to do it? Just give yourself a necessary headache. It's not necessary. The thing is, at the end of the day, you look back and you say, it's done. How did that girl go to that college? I'm telling you, till today, I don't know how he did it. How is our son going to the college he's going to? Because we certainly didn't have that college fund even when he was going. And the Lord is paying for it. How is it happening? You just need, you have to have this faith. That our God is able. 
and his ability cannot be measured by what you see. By my spirit. That tells you though that you have to have a very good relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can't be using him as a vending machine. I want candy. You put... He's not a vending machine. You want to walk with him. Talk with him. Be a friend of God. And when the Lord gives a word, so this is how I'm going to get into zeal. I want you to think about it that when the Lord gives a word, and when you write all these things down, it's almost like a prophetic word. So... Maybe I wrote here and I say, by this time, we want to have reached all these villages in India or in Africa. We want the school of ministry. This is here and so on. When, when we do that, you know, you, you sat back, you've prayed and in your heart, it's like this. If the Lord asks me, what do I want? What can be done? This is what I, so you write it down. You know, we are told, lift up your head, lift up your eyes, look at the stars, what can you see? So you are dreaming way beyond where you are. And you're writing it. By this time, we want to have reached all the states or provinces in, in, in India. By this time, we, we want to have this number of uh, school of ministry graduates in Africa, in South America. And you're putting it all down and you're writing it and you're writing it. And you don't have two pennies to rub together. But you are still writing it down. So it's almost like a prophetic word. The fact that that vision is very clear to you does not mean it will happen tomorrow. It doesn't mean... So the clarity of a vision or the clarity or the clear sounding of a prophecy does not mean by tomorrow it will happen. It's just clear. So, I want to give you the example of our Messiah, Jesus, who came. Do you know that since Genesis 3, verse 15, Jesus had been prophesied? The minute Eve sinned, Adam sinned, and God passed out judgment, Jesus had been prophesied. He said there, he said, the, the, seed, the, the, the seed of the woman will bruise your head. Who is the seed of the woman? Jesus is not the seed of man. You know, every baby comes with the seed of man in a woman, becomes a baby. The seed of the woman, Jesus was the seed of the woman. There was no, um, it was an immaculate conception. So he is the seed of the woman, prophesied from thousands of years ago. Okay, let's get more specific. If you go to Micah, not Malachi, Micah 5.2, Micah 5.2, there's a prophecy there that says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, thou, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you he shall come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel. Micah prophesied Bethlehem. He didn't say just Judah. He said Bethlehem. Specific. Where was Jesus born? Do you know the, where was Jesus born? It was not Jerusalem. They actually lived in Nazareth, but he was born in Bethlehem. How many years before? This was about 700 years before Jesus came. So the fact that it's clear, you wrote it down, it's sweet. It doesn't mean it's happening tomorrow. And that's where many of us miss it. I heard this first from a man of God, maybe like 25 years ago. He said, the clarity of a vision does not determine the nearness of the vision. He said, it doesn't mean it's near. And I'm thinking, because, you know, you have all the sins written down. It's like, whoa, yeah, let's go, let's do it. People like us who are like this type A people that get it done, get it done yesterday, get it done. What are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. And God says, we're not doing let's go, let's go. (laughs) It's not like that. (laughs) Okay, God, you are taking too long. No, 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 no. And you can't, the thing, you can't even rush him. Oh, that's so painful sometimes. You can't make God go any faster. Just letting you know now, because that thing you wrote in the 31st to you is very clear. You can't make him go any faster. There are many reasons why it doesn't go as fast as you want. First, there are many apparently unrelated things right now that must come together for you to have that thing. People who don't even know one another yet are going to be brought together. Their paths will cross. 
Monies have to be, have to change hands. Sometimes in countries that have nothing to do with the United. The Holy Spirit though orchestrates everything. And there's angelic ministry involved. Angels matching people, matching dates, matching. It will not happen tomorrow. Some of it because of the will of man. I want to match brother uh, Jesse with uh, sister Hope. The Holy Spirit is not nudging brother Jesse. And brother Jesse is like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I don't want to go. Go get a visa for the United States. Uh-uh. I don't like it. The visa queue is too long. No. Mm-mm. Sister Hope wrote in her book, I will be married this in two. Brother Jesse said, Mm-mm. leave me alone. The angels keep circling Brother Jesse, circling him. Brother Jesse, he's going towards this place in Ghana, Accra, Kumasi. The, the angels are moving his feedback. Go. American visa, embassy. No, I'm not going. Let's go. Mm-mm. Do it. No. In fact, I just got a new job. <laughs> Sister Hope. Lord, I determine, I decree in the name of Jesus, this year will not pass. Well, it's not that the Lord wants the year to pass, but he has to actually literally get brother Jesse's leg, two legs, to get to the American embassy, on the computer, fill out a visa application form, put the $100 or whatever the application fee is that he wanted to put for his car, Divert that money from the car fund. I know to you it seems there are many dots that need to be connected. So the clarity of a vision does not determine the nearness of the vision. There are ways though to make it move fast. It says the effectual fervent prayer. Let's read that. This is not in my notes. Why? Why is it coming up again? Okay, let's go there, Lord. I wasn't planning on going there, but we will go there. James 5.16. Let's read it in the Amplified. James 5.16, Amplified. The B part of it. The honest, heartfelt, continued... Continued, The honest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its workings. Tremendous power, dynamic. That power is what, what lifts the angels and makes them move. So here we are last Sunday, everybody had a sheet of paper and we were supposed to decree and we did it. And you've decreed it and the angels are moving to and fro, fast, 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 going one has gone to Accra, one has gone to Alabama, where Sister Hope is, everybody's crisscrossing, going. And then this Sister Hope just gets tired. <sighs> then the next comes out of her mouth. So how is it going, Sister Hope? Well, mm. first she tells herself, I must not say anything negative. So she, 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 she keeps quiet. That week, that Sunday. Then the next Sunday. How is it going, Sister Hope? I don't know. I really don't know. But, but it is well. See that religious? But, but it is well. She can't really prophesy like she did three Sundays ago. Then the fourth Sunday comes around. How is it going, Sister Hope? You know? I don't know about all this confession stuff. I don't know what these people are talking about. They're always saying things. Who even knows that there's a confession? Who told you it's in the Bible? I don't know. I don't care if I get married or not. I really don't care. The, you have reduced the whole energy. Everything that, that the angels were zooming in and out. It's all falling flat now. But the Bible says it makes tremendous power available. Dynamic. 
that's the part I like. Dynamic in its working. That is, if, if Brother Jesse keeps going, you are, you still continuing your prayer. It will change again. Whatever power, whatever plans, dynamic. That is, it just changes with the need. But it will get the job done. But you have to pray. And you have to keep your confession straight. How is it, Sister Hope? Oh, the Lord is moving. The Lord is working. Can't you see? Oh, I don't see anything. Don't worry. You don't need to see. I can see. You keep declaring. You keep speaking. You keep insisting. The effectual or the the honest, heartfelt, continued Continued prayer of a righteous woman makes tremendous, not just little, tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Whatever it is you are believing God for. So yes, it may not be near, but we can keep it moving in the right direction. Amen? Amen. Don't sleep off on me now. Amen? Amen? Okay. So now, having said that, what keeps you going though? What keeps you energized? So Jesus' birth was, was prophesied 700 years. Long before the angel finally came to tap Mary on the shoulder and say, I'm here, I have a message for you. 700. 700 years. <laughs> so if you're a lily-livered Christian, just go home and sleep. Just leave that thing alone because we don't know when. We just know it will happen. There are two things. God is able and it will happen. What happens in between? Many times you have no control over it. You, you, I mean, what can you do? You don't even know that there's a brother Jesse. We, you don't know. You just know that you are getting married, but you don't know there is a brother Jesse. He, the Lord didn't tell you the name. The Lord didn't tell you the nation he lives in. The Lord didn't tell you anything about him. But this you know. That God is able and that it will happen. So the day we come here and wear our fine outfits and celebrate with you, what you did not know is that there are many, 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 many hundreds, if not thousands of arrangements, divine arrangements that happen to get those two people there together. They didn't meet in a bar. They didn't meet. It's the Lord put strings everywhere. And here we are today. That's all. If you are married, think of how you met the person you married. Just think about it. I married somebody who, who lived hundreds of miles from where. There's no hope. There's no way I could have met him. There's no way. But by the time God was done, we are married 25 years now. So always remember the awesome power of God. And the fact that when he speaks it, he will make it happen. But you have a part to play. So when we talk about the zeal, the zeal of God. Isaiah, so I told you Malachi 5, it says, it mentioned Bethlehem. How about Isaiah 7, 14? So all these prophetic words, Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Virgin. How can a virgin conceive? So now first we know where. So Isaiah and Micah, they're two prophets, they lived around the same time. About 20 to 30 years, their ministry overlapped. Around the same time, 650 to 700 years before Jesus was born. That's when they lived. So Micah is prophesying Bethlehem here. Isaiah is prophesying who? So Micah is prophesying the where. <laughs> um, Isaiah is prophesying the, the how and the who. So... It says in Isaiah 7, 14, a virgin will conceive. It even gives us the name of the child, Emmanuel. Can you see it? This is hundreds of years. So think if Jesus did not come, how many? 700 years from today. What would that be? So we're in 2020 today. What would be 700 years from now? Huh? 2720. Can your mind even fathom 2720? Can you think about 2720 and what's happening? Who knows there may be no cars. We may just be, um, like, you know, you just see me like this. And then the next minute, you, I'm just there. I, I don't know. Who knows? In those days, in those days, they only had horses and donkeys. 
They didn't have um, all these big ships and so on. So think about it. And God's ability moves through time. Time doesn't stop it. Fashion fads can't stop it. He just does what he wants to do. So think about it though. So he tells us a virgin. Isaiah 9, 6. He tells us what when this child comes, what it will be like. He says the child will be born. A son is given. Government will be upon his shoulder. Tells us all the different names. Isaiah 9, 7. Tells us of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. The last part. After declaring and determining and describing. It says the zeal. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That is regardless of how many hundreds of years from now. The zeal. What is zeal? That word in the Hebrew. It it means passion. Intense fervor. Webster, the old Webster describes it. says it's the passionate ardor in the pursuit of something. Zeal is the eagerness of desire to accomplish or obtain some object. It is eagerness, desire, and you keep pursuing it until you get it. So when the Lord prophesied through all those prophets, all the way from Genesis to Isaiah and different places, he says, I'm not letting this ride on any human. He said, my zeal will get this done. That's how he said it. He said, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. But since we're God's creatures and we're his offsprings, like the Bible says, that's the same thing that must happen for you. Once you know the Lord said, then you have to pony up some zeal. You must pony up some zeal. Passion. I can begin to tell you how many times people write things December 31st. And we go through the Daniel fast, 21 days in January. By the time they come in February, they're still kind of, they're still flowing. By the time they come to June, they can't even remember what they wrote. They don't even know where they put the, the paper or book or notebook. They've, they've left it. So they had this passion. December 31st. First, you know, December 31st service, you thank God for the whole year. Then, a senior pastor comes, then he tells you to start to pray for the coming year. Write down all the things you're believing God for. In this case, we're praying for the coming decade. So everybody's like, oh Lord. And those who can speak in tongues, ah, prayer. Five a.m. Daniel fast. Five a.m. prayer. January. February. Let's pray. March. When is this service going to be over? Prayer, 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 prayer. The zeal, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, it will accomplish this. Where is your zeal? Where is your passion? Where is your passion? So you put in for a job interview, you put in several applications. First one, no. Second one, no. Third one, no. Some, they don't even reply. Brother Joseph, how is that thing? Hmm. Why? You started with so much fire and so much passion. If the Lord were to behave like we behave, we will have no Jesus today. Because he said it's 700 years. He told us a virgin is going to conceive. He told us the boy will be born, the baby will be born in Bethlehem. He told us what that child is going to look like. It didn't happen until 700 years later. If it were you, we would have no savior. There'll be no Messiah. Because you are so lily livered, 
Spaghetti legged. I'm going to college. I'm going to go. Go to the college. Well, what is well? Get off your butt and go and do something. Well, hmm. I went there. The money I was expecting, it didn't really come to four. So you will now not go to college. The zeal. The zeal. It's passion. It's fervor. Do it. Get it done. Regardless of the obstacles. Regardless of the... Well, people behave crazy sometimes. People you put your hope in, your trust in. People who've promised you stuff. Then they kind of change on you. They kind of not care. I I can't even begin to tell you when we were getting this church building. How many people were here? Get it, pastor. (laughs) Yes, we're behind you. Let's do this. The first oof of something that they did not like, they're gone. So you, the pastor, you go turn in your mortgage or what? You keep going. Because the Lord said it. It's got to be done. What are you talking about? Obstacles. So, the zeal. The zeal. The passion. David had zeal. In Psalm 69 verse 9. For the zeal of your house has eaten me up. Zeal. 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 Fire. Passion. Fervor. Of those things you wrote down. It's not going to be dumped into your lap. you got to do it and get it done. Regardless. If this way doesn't go, try not. you may have to go five, ten different paths before you get there. All we know is got to be done. That's all I care. Just get it done. I don't want to hit. I don't want stories. Just do it. Get it done. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. David said, the zeal of your house has eaten me up. All other desires. And that's one thing zeal does for you. It helps you prioritize and it lines everything up. Everything that will pull your attention in different directions. That zeal just gobbles it up and just absorbs it. All of a sudden, you you only have one focus, one place you're going and that's it. And let nobody try to dissuade you. That's zeal. Jesus showed us zeal in John 2, 17. Zeal for your house, HCSB version says, zeal for your house will consume me or has consumed me. It means the fervor, the, the, the excitement of your mind. You embrace it, you pursue it. Because it may take a while. That it's clear today does not mean it's going to happen tomorrow. You're going to have to withstand all the obstacles. You have to have zeal and passion. And don't let it wane. If you are zealous, it will produce action. It will make you do. So how do you keep this zeal? How do you keep it going? Zeal. Zeal. In fact, one of the, one of the um, translations for zeal is fire, fervor, hot, hotness, heat. So you need fire. I described how it is in December 31. You, you do have fire. But how do you keep it going so you don't get tired? Two years into it, it hasn't quite manifested. How do you do it? Because that's where people kind of drop off. And things we've all talked about today, people tell me different things. They wrote it down and so on. And six months into it, they still haven't done anything. I, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. Why? Just do it. Hey, well, you see now my daughter, I don't want to know about your daughter. Just do it. Well, Pastor T, you really just don't understand my situation. What do I need to understand in this situation? I don't care what the story is. Just get it done. Get it done. Just do it. Well, the money I was hoping for didn't really come so. Pray until the money comes so that you can do it. Well, maybe I'll keep it. I'll do it in five years. Five years? Do you know how old you'll be in five years? Do it now. 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 Zeal moves you. Gets you 
verse verse two, it says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Verse four, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. Amplified verse 3 says, and there appear to them tongues resembling fire. The Holy Spirit will keep your, your fire and your fervor going. It, he will. But you have to have a relationship with him. It's not this come to church today, go to, you know, we don't see you today, we see you in three weeks, four weeks. That Come on, people. How do we keep this going? The Holy Spirit, you wake up in the morning, have your own time of prayer. It doesn't have to be more than five minutes. Five minutes. You can talk to God for five minutes. That's how you keep stoking that fire. The word of God in Jeremiah, it says, is not my word like a fire? One of the things, oh, you, I, I, sometimes I think the people driving on my left or my right when I'm on the freeway, I'm wondering, hmm. I try to wind my, kind of my glass all the way to so they can't hear me because sometimes I'm screaming and shouting in the car. I'm hearing maybe one of my favorite ministers it could be from our service. It could be like Bishop Hillard or Jesse Duplantis or Kenneth Hagin. I'm just listening. And I hear something. And I shout, yeah! <laughs> and I think, oh, okay, maybe. Hopefully they, they didn't hear me. But it's like, you two mind your own business. Shout in your car. This is my car. I can shout. <laughs> it's like, seriously? You mean that's possible in the word? And they're expounding the word. The word of God will keep your fire going. That's how people like us who came from other places, that's how we do it. We have to hear it because there's nobody really around us trying to tell us to do. So we have to find a way of keeping our fire going regardless of what you see. So the word will do that. What you speak, this, this really blessed me in James 3, 5, James chapter 3, verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire Kindleth, verse 6. And the tongue is what? Verse 6. What is the tongue? The tongue is a fire. You want to loop this thing. You want to loop this thing. So first, last Sunday, we spoke, we prophesied. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Well, you have to keep it going. Keep looping it. Every morning, I am the head, I'm not the tail. I'm ahead. You just keep, and you keep, your, you know, the embers, your fire is kind of going low, going low. You speak again. Move it up. It's going out, going low. You speak again. And your, and your tongue can be lit from hell or from by the, by the Holy Spirit. In this particular verse, it's set on fire of hell. All those horrible things you listen to and you hear on, on, on radio, rap music, all the different things you're hearing. It's giving something in your tongue. It's not where you want to go. So stay in touch with the Holy Spirit. The last two things I'm going to say is stay in fellowship with God's people. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this. People are here in our church for a while and you can see they tell you, oh, God is going to do this. They're so excited. And like, you know, I was telling you how this fervor starts to wane. And how does it wane? I see it all the time. This is, I, you can't negotiate this one with me. I've seen it. I, this is for me is a law, is a principle because I've seen it over and over. They come in, they're very fired up, they're happy, they keep coming to church, then they hear all these fiery messages, do it, do it, they're happy. Then something beyond their control happens and they can't come to church. They miss one Sunday, but they keep coming. Then after a while, something beyond their control happens, they can't come to church one, two weeks. Then after a while, it becomes a pattern. And you see them once in five weeks, once in six weeks. How do you keep your fire lit? You can't. It's not possible. Let me just tell you now. Whether you're a minister, you're someone who just gave your life to Christ. If you, and it's not just go to church. So you, you are in church A today, church B tomorrow. How do you keep it lit? Stay lit. You can't because you are in and out. You can't. And before you know what, two years have gone by and they have not moved beyond where when you first met them. Because their eyes are everywhere. They're looking for something. Well, I went to this church. They have this. Is that where God sent you? Sit down. Sit your butt down on that pew. And listen. 
The Bible says iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 27 verse 17. Iron sharpens iron. In the message translation, it says, you use steel to sharpen steel and one friend sharpens the other. The community of God's saints. You have to be in a community of faith. I've been to many churches, sometimes to minister, sometimes just to be there. I've been to many churches where that that thing about faith is not preached ever. So right now, that sister just left a conference with just preacher. Goes out, walking out, and you're talking, they can't speak faith. They can't talk faith. They just say, well, I don't know. I'm, well, I hope so. Anytime you have people say, well, I hope so. Well, I don't know. You don't want to be there. Because it's going to make your fire, it's just going to just go down. Somebody is telling you, your pastor is telling you, yes, you can get this done. You don't have to have resources. God is going to send angels on your behalf. Then you go next Sunday and the person is saying, well, we have looked and then, what is wrong with you? Come on now. Just stay, 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 stay on the straight and narrow. Keep walking one step after the other. That brother says it, you get fired up. That sister says it, you get fired up. From the pulpit, you get fired. Fire, fire, fire everywhere. Your fervor will just keep increasing. Don't do it to yourself. You're hurting yourself. God didn't send you there. God didn't send you to that church. God did not send you. I'm not saying you can't go celebrate somebody who's doing a baby dedication. But when the Lord puts you, stay there. What are you looking for? In my country, they call it Yawo. Everywhere, Yawo, Yawo. What are you looking for? Sit your butt down. Where your father, your heavenly father planted you there. Get your fire. Amen. Amen. What's, What's up with all this? I'm visiting, visiting. What are you visiting? Where? You are forever visiting. When are you going to get your life together and move? Okay, enough of that. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will get this done. Let's stand to our feet this morning.